Hello and welcome back to the TTP, the Tani Talks Parsha, the year where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We are here in the last Parsha of Shemos, Mazal Tov, as we move over to the next Sefer of the Torah, God willing, next week, and this week, finishing up with Pekude. Remember, you can help us grow the vision, grow the shows, grow the dream to even greater heights. The Chasetfund.com, 1S slash Tani Chasetfund, 2S slash the Tani Talks Podcast. You too can also host a podcast on the Jewish Premier website for Jewish podcasting, and that is jewishpodcast.fm with our sister site and app of Yipod. And you too can also join us on the Kosher Internet Revolution. That is NakiRadio.com. I love our Naki Radio. We have a channel on Naki Radio. Thank God. Join us as well at NakiRadio.com. So as we come to the last Parsha, dealing with the Mishkan, talking about the Mishkan and all the vestments, it was reiterated over and over and over again. And we've discussed in the previous times how first Hashem gave the explanations of what needed to be done, and then they were actually implemented because not often are things implemented. As we look at this last parsha, the Pikudei, the countings of the Mishkan, we talked about all for the counting a different week, wanted to hone in on different ideas, different aspects of the parsha itself. A lot of the Parsha uses the words asoy, vayasu, vayas, vayas. Talked about the other week about different words used that they actually put into implement, and they did, and they did, and they did. But a different spin thinking about the fact that this world, this life is for the doing. Mishnah and Perkeavos teaches us that this world is better. One hour, really one minute, one second, is better than all the life of the world to come because you can do in this world, you can get things done, you can get things accomplished in the next world. Conversely, next world, one hour, one minute, one second of, of divine presence and emulation and the divine spirit basking in the divine light is better than all of history of the world, of course, because there is about receiving the reward, there is basking in the presence of what you did in this world, but this life is about doing, is about accomplishing. Interestingly, the Talmud talks about how Rav mentions that one moment a person can gain Olam Haba. We know there are certain people that are not allowed Olam Haba, certain, certain kings, I believe Yeravam is one of them, and certain laymen like Gehazi, who was Elisha's attendant, who did not do good things, was also not entitled to Olam Haba, and it talks about that in Perchei, like I believe in the Gemara. And the Talmud talks about elsewhere the idea how there was a certain heretic, a certain person that was condemning the Jewish people and about to burn them at the stake. And one of them, the executioner, had a little bit of a change of heart, I believe, if I remember the story correctly. And he says to Rav, or whoever the great sage is, if I change my mind, if I change my heart, and I don't do this, will I get the world to come? And Rav says, yes. And the executioner, I believe, doesn't get rid of the sage himself, instead himself jumps into the fire to take the place of the sage. I believe the Gemara says that Hashem called out that this executioner is destined for the life of the world to come. And then I believe the sage, or Rav, breaks down and cries and says, look at this, this person was able to gain Olam Haba in one minute, in one second, in one Sha'a'achas, whatever that means, in one tiny moment. And how much of us waste our time, waste our years, waste our lives with so many Sha'a'achas that could have been done, could have been used, could have been gained to get the Olam Haba. So as we look at the word Asui, by Ya'as, not just the fact that they implemented things and they followed through on what Hashem asked them, but actually that they were a doer, that they were putting things into motion, they were putting things into completion. 
That's why it's so hard for me on many levels if I'm sitting and I'm sitting without being able to do things for a couple hours. I just told my wife this the other the other moment. I cannot sit. You put me in a waiting room for eight hours. It's very anti-ethical to my personality. I need to be a doer. I need to get things done. Someone, if you wait at the doctor's office an hour, two hours, that's very hard for me because I need to do. It's not about, God forbid, ADHD or spilkus, but I feel like it's a, a waste during the daylight hours, at least not at nighttime when I'm, I'm finally resting and calming down. But during the daytime, when I have the vigor, I have the energy, the passion, the ability to get things done, I can't just sit and do nothing. I need to always be doing something, is what people say. A busy person is someone who always gets things done. You want something to get done, you give it to a busy person. As we look at the wordage in this week's Parsha, we see a lot of vayas, we see a lot of asui, making sure to get things done. And in this world of 120 years, we should be zolche, to have 120 years, how many people are actually doing? How many people are actually getting things done? And how many people are just coding through and skating through life? No one will ever say, after 120 years, and we've talked about this before, ah, I wish I had more time to watch Netflix. Ah, I wish I had more time on Hulu, on Hallmark, on Amazon. Ah, I wish I could have bought 17 more houses or 14 more cars. People always look back and say, you know, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I spent more time with my friends or my family. I wish I did one or two or the other. I wish I had X amount of things or X amount of things. And granted, of course, people have struggles. People are not able to find their spouse or have children. Everyone should be zelchit to have children and find their things. The biggest regret people have in life is, I wish I did more with my life. I wish I was able to do this or to do that. I wish I was able to accomplish and, and populate the earth with children and to get things done with a good job, with getting Torah done, more mitzvahs and more chesed. No one ever says, I wish I had more materialism. Really, I wish I had more spirituality. As we think about this parsha, where we're closing out talking about the Mishkan, being involved with people that were doers, the two forerunners of the Mishkan we talked about last week were B'Tzalel and Ahaliyah. According to most counts, commentators, they really were only 13 years old, maybe 14, maybe 15. A teenager involved in one of the most beautiful, magnificent, important structures in Jewish history, the Mishkan, the forerunner to the Beit HaMikdash and the Beit HaMikdash HaShinit, and we should be zochah to have the Beit HaMikdash HaShlishi, to have the third Beit HaMikdash, but this was the forerunner, this was the existence, the home for Hashem to be amongst the Jewish people for hundreds of years, after it was in the Midbar, then it was in Gilgal, and it was in Shiloh, and it was all over the place until finally, some commenters explained that it was buried into the ground intact, and some say it was dismantled, but Suffice to say that it was began and it was started and really built by and cre- cre- creatively designed in an artistic way by Bitsalana Haliyev. To be 13 and 14 and to be involved in such an impressive project, that's to be a real doer. That's to be a real go-getter. Of course, Moshe himself was involved putting up the Krushim and putting up the Amudim. Involved, I'm sure he was involved in the Tachashim and the Parochas. Very heavy things, very esoteric things, very beautiful things. I remember watching with my wife one of these video tours on one Israel fund where they talk about how beautiful the wool was and how it was indicative of royalty because such beautiful colors didn't exist in regular society. It was really for royalty. But of course, we make a Mishkan for Hashem, a house for Hashem. It has to be a royal house. It has to be a noble house. So being involved in these things... Being involved in them, making sure to, to do things in the right way. And you think about also the different materials, the different elements they use. They didn't use cheap iron. You know, they, they have Zahav is involved in the in, in the in the Mizbeach. And, you know, there's the menorah, which is made out of pure gold. And even Moshe Benunit Hashem to show him Mamash in a, in a fiery picture what exactly it was. He had to throw it in and Hashem caused it to come about, some saying, because it was so difficult. We know the Aron had some gold elements and the shulchan 
and even some copper elements, but these were beautiful metals, beautiful materials, and of course silver was involved too in the different instruments in the Mishkan, and of course the, the Kohen Gadol and the Kohen Hedyot also had these beautiful garments of nice wool, and the Choshen with the, the Urmatum had beautiful, beautiful stones, only the best materials, only the best elements to be involved in serving Hashem. That's why when we think about the idea of serving Hashem, why is it only on Hanukkah, which is my favorite holiday anyway of the whole year, but why only on, on Hanukkah do we think about Mahajim and Mahajim? What about the rest of the year? There's no Mahajim and Mahajim the rest of the year, and I'm not talking about the type of store you go to in Israel to eat, or you go to in America, Mahajim, Glad, Mahajim, Mahajim, Mahajim. We're talking about the instruments, the elements. Maybe we should try a little more for our elements of serving Hashem to be Mahajim and Mahajim. If you can have a talis bag that's a little nicer, a little more beautiful, you can have a talis that's a little nicer, a little better. You can get a $50 talis or a $60 talis or a 70 Isn't it worth spending the extra 20 to get Mahajim and Mahajim for the talis? If your talis is 30 years old and already withering away, why hold on to it just to get an extra week? Why not be involved in Mahajim and Mahajim a little bit? Your candles, do you have nice metal ones or do you have glass ones? Do you have the ability to go a little higher to get the metal ones, the, the, the silver, sterling silver ones that might cost a little more now, but in the long run will be beautiful in your Shabbos table, at your Shabbos table, in front of your Shabbos table. Maybe you could get the candles that are a little nicer, a little prettier. You used to use wax candles, and now I found these really nice olive oil candles that are pre-filled, kind of like the Hanukkah lights, but they have a more beautiful flame. They're less clean up, and they're less dirtying of the the lighting area and there's no wax dripping anymore and after shining the the candlesticks a couple of weeks ago it's nice to keep the shine and to keep it clean to make it look a little mahajim and mahajim think about an astro case you know a lot of us have the silver case but a lot of us take the boxes because it fits in that nice carry-on case but i used to have this plastic flimsy one and recently we got this really nice black velvety one that can go over the shoulder like a knapsack and it could fit in the estrog. Just different ways we could try to do a little bit more mahajim and mahajim. We look at the mishkan. We look at the materials they use in the mishkan. They could have used anything. Yeah, they probably could have used paper and this and that, but we want it to be extant. We want it to be existent. We want it to be lasting for a long time. We want it to be of the best type of materials in our own life also. Why not use things in the best type of material? Yeah, you could get a shaitel from uh, Shaniqua's store in downtown Brooklyn for 40 bucks, but that's not the way to go about it. That's not what Hashem wants. Maybe in that aspect, Mahajim and Mahajim is a little difficult to spend 10000 for a shaitel, but at least a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand. Hopefully it lasts you a good couple of years. They have one for Shabbos, one for the weekday, one for weddings. Different ways that we could do Mahajim and Mahajim in different ways. And if we're going to go about doing that for Shabbos and Yom Tov too, why wear the suit that I got when I was 12? Maybe if I find a good sale, I could go and get myself nice suits that will actually fit me and be nice. One day, my wife and I want to go to this store nearby that had a great sale to have nice fitted suits. Because I want to be in a way Mahajim and Mahajim for Shabbos and Yom Tov itself to feel good in our clothing. We're the children of nobility. If Hashem is the royal king, which he is, that means by definition we're the princes and princesses of Hashem. We are the nobles of Hashem. So the items we use, the clothing we wear, the materials we're involved with should really be of the best to our ability, the best possible. Of course, we can't go broke and doing a mitzvah. You're supposed to only go up to a third for a mitzvah and, of course, 10% for tzedakah, up to 20%. And they say you could go up to a third for Shabbos and Yom Tov and different elements, tuition for sure breaks it for a lot of us. But in general, what can we do to get those materials? You talk about someone who's a doer. You talk about someone who's involved in instruments and materials. Try to use those best materials. They didn't skimp on the Mishkan. We shouldn't skimp in our own lives as well, as long as it doesn't break the bank. And we could bring it to servicing in Hashem. 
they were involved in different things. They all these zahav elements, all these tabot, the rings and the different materials involved in that, in servicing Hashem. If we're making a house for Hashem in the Mishkan, we know the famous pasuk we've talked about all these weeks. Asli mikdash That commentators point out, you have singular versus plural, because Hashem wants to make a home in all of our hearts in each one of us. Plural, many, many, many Jewish people, but each singular heart should make a place for Hashem. How do we make a place for Hashem? We've talked about before in our own home. You can see the other episodes, but we talked about each element, each aspect is actually in the home. The Mizbeach is like our Shulchan, the Menorah, we have the candles on Shabbat and Yom Tov, and of course on Hanukkah, and we have the, the Mizbeach is the Shulchan, and the Shulchan is the Shulchan itself, and we have the cure when we wash our hands with the with the, the Negevaster cup, have a nice cup for Shabbos and a nice cup for weekday, we actually have two and to have the different elements to be involved, we want things to be on a top level. We want it to be in service of Hashem that we do things for the right way. And when we have, the, when we think about the tzitz, which is also mentioned in this parsha, something on the forehead, does that indicate? Does that remind us of any type of mitzvah we have, especially the Jewish males? Of course, on the forehead we have the tefillin, we have the toltafos benenecha, and we have it next to the heart. Alavavecha, which really is al yadecha, on your arm, and of course we also have the kippah. We have different elements, different ways of relating to Hashem. Make sure we check our tefillin every seven years, twice in seven years. We check our mezuzahs twice in seven years. We make sure we check our kippot, that we're not wearing one from when we were 12, and it has ratty and it has holes. Going back to the idea that Sitz talked about Kodesh Hashem, and our elements when we talk to and we service Hashem also are Kodesh Hashem. So treat it as such. When we have the Tashmish Kedusha and the Tashmish Mitzvah, different things involved in being involved in the Mitzvah, we think about all these things, and we should treat them in the best way we can to service Hashem. We want to make sure to service Hashem in the best way possible. And interestingly also, the, the, the Parsha talks about the Chatzer. When we have a house, when we have a home, we should make sure that we have the right boundaries and the right borders, and we should make sure that our borders and our boundaries around our home are a safe way. That's why there's a mitzvah of Ma'akeh on the roof, but I believe it also would extend to the front. If you have a... A, a sidewalk that is not flat, that is not straight. There's a pasuk in the Torah that says, Before a blind person, don't place a stumbling block. That's literal. Don't put a block, don't put something on the sidewalk that could literally make somebody be in trouble, that could literally hurt them. Make sure to be involved in how you can help them. So when we think about that pasuk, we think about the idea that we should make sure that our elements, our borders, our sidewalks are safe. And a couple of years ago, we had this achas, thanks to different factors and different help, to be able to fix the driveway. And at the same time, the contractor said, why don't we fix the sidewalk as well? It's not safe, it's not even, and it's not a good paved surface. And it reminds me of the idea of lefnei iverlosi timechshel. How do we make sure our chatzar, our house, our front and our back is in a safe way, in a safe element. You know, the a wire came down the other week from a crazy storm, so we called up the company. We needed to be safe for all of us and all guests inside and outside. You know, a tree toppled over, we gotta take it down because it's not safe. And we have to make sure that our back and our front of our houses, our chatzer, our ma'akot are also safe. Inside and outside we should make sure to upkeep our homes because it is a mikdash ma'at in our homes. We think about how to go about it, we should think about how we can set up our lives to be real doers, to be involved in using the best materials. And maybe, hopefully, we can be Zelchem, that Hashem will spread His Adnan, spread His presence upon us, so that we can have a Kodesh home and a Kodesh existence, a Kodesh 
Beit HaMikdash that should finally be brought down to us. If each of our Mikdash Me'at, each of our lives, each of us can be a doer, using the best materials, having the best home possible, filled with Torah, Mitzvahs, and Chesed, having our shuls being involved with Torah, Mitzvahs, Chesed, having a whole lifestyle that we could all be involved with, and hopefully we could be Zohar, that Hashem will finally bring down His Anan permanently. On the third base of Mish, we should be Zohar, that it should come today, and may it speedily happen today. Join us next time as we talk about the Parsha of the Week with some practical lessons to keep on the TTP. And I'm your host, Tani.